Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vettabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. And I have to say, I was a bit of, a bit of a loss of what to talk about today. It's been a very busy week for me, um, just with all the different uh, WebEx video classes. And, and now assignments are starting to roll in, so I'm marking assignments. So it's been, I have not had a lot of time to, to think about what to talk about. Um, but yesterday was April Fool's Day. Did you get fooled by anybody, Kenton? I thought I thought they were at a minimum yesterday. I in fact I don't I don't think I saw any just because of things being what they are. No, there wasn't as many as there usually are. Although there were, I'll tell you this: Rhett, Rhett and Link, which is a YouTube channel I watch, uh, they do a show called Good Mythical Morning, and I I watch it every morning. Basically, it's like a routine. They've kind of it's interesting actually. What they're doing is they're um they they did do one episode on monday that was from home like ever like everybody else they're having to adjust to this uh this staying at home thing so they did one episode it was kind of a cool split screen with the two of them and they did a really good job of incorporating that into like a home show uh and the the gimmick was part of their thing they do is they uh they eat weird things for, for everyone's entertainment so it was like they had to go through their cupboards and find weird condiments and then challenge each other to to drink them and stuff so it was it was funny but then on Wednesday, and then they, one of the things they said when they posted that piece was that they're they're going instead of having a daily show, which was every weekday, uh, they're going to go to Monday, Wednesday, Friday to cut it down a bit so that they're not having to produce as many shows. But they did say they have some still banged from the studio that they shot in their studio. And so Wednesday, one of those episodes came out, and it was uh, it was it turned out to be an April Fool's episode, and I totally got taken in by it because I totally forgot about April Fools because I watch it first thing in the morning. So the the thing was they usually have these food competitions and the today and the on the thing it was um let's we're going to determine the world's chewiest food. And so they start with so they have this um this ranking system behind them they do the same formula for every time they do like the different types of food. And so they the ranking formula they had everything set up and they started with this Japanese uh chewy food which is it's translated to chewy food and it looked like a little piece of candy and then they proceeded to chew the whole thing for 12 minutes. <laughs> and that was the joke that they did there was nothing else they just chewed and chewed and chewed and chewed and chewed and then in the good mythical more which is the after show they did the world's sippiest drink <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous so i did get taken in by that joke and then i realized it was april fools and like oh yeah but i did i did not see a lot of other jokes out there like usually WestJet is the one to jump in on that it used to be like a, a huge kind of marketing opportunity for a lot of brands but i think this year people are like eh, let's not uh nobody's got a real sense of humor about this stuff right now we're all kind of on edge well, newspapers used to do it too and that was right. garbage like they they just mix up real news with with uh joke news and i believe it or not i might have always told this story before because it was so ridiculous i actually got phoned by the winnipeg sun one year to get a quote for a joke article Oh, you didn't tell me that, no. No, they're actually legit getting legitimate quotes about phony news. And I was like, this is a waste of time. So I said, no. And then the no, guy said, not. no. And then the guy said, well, could I make up a quote because it's a joke article on your behalf? And I was like, no, you can't. And why not just make up the person that you're quoting? Yes, just make up the whole article. Why do you need, you're actually sourcing fake quotes for your, for your April Fool's Day story. There was actually an email. There's an email that went through the chorus radio um, uh, kind of email threads, and it was specifically saying, telling people not to do any April Fool's jokes and to be wary of April Fool's jokes um, because yeah. they they do want to. It's it, I think it's really important for news organizations to uh, be taken seriously right now. 
Um, so, and I don't know if this actually, it'd be interesting to look back on this because I don't know if this has just been a trend since the whole Donald Trump fake news thing has started. But um, I do remember at a time when, when newspapers, like for example, one year, I'm pretty sure it was the free press that put like a picture of like the Human Rights Museum with water slides coming out of it. Uh, so they're they combining the two together. That was the joke. And it was like this artist rendering of the, it was like, it looked pretty cool, but it was like not um, something that was any way real, but there, certainly nobody did that locally on um, on uh, April Fool's Day. There was one here I found. I was just looking this stuff up. George Takei, or Takai, however you pronounce that name. Of course, he's Sulu from Star Trek. He tweeted, um, I'm excited to announce some big news. I'm honored beyond belief to have been selected to be the final torchbearer to light the Olympic flame in Tokyo in 2021. This will be such a unique moment before the eyes of the world. Lighting the torch is a symbol of hope for the future. And it was not true he was trying uh, to, uh, people got upset about it because the olympics have been canceled they're upset because the olympics have been canceled well the other thing is it's not funny how about that how about that? Part, of, <laughs> part of what makes jokes funny is exaggeration right that could have actually happened so it's not funny yeah, george takei would be uh, is he he's japanese right is he japanese yeah it could actually yeah. happen i guess it could have happened yeah that's yeah. true so it's stupid it's stupid because it could have actually happened it's got to be something that would never happen in a billion years my brother was supposed to be a torchbearer for the for the Olympics in Tokyo. Wait a sec, is this a practical joke? <laughs> oh no, he really was. He was signed up to do it. Yeah, he was signed up, and they're just going to postpone it now. He is a little upset about it, but he's, he says he's fine now. But is he still buying the phony torch for eight hundred bucks or whatever that was? No, no, no. It's the real torch. After the fact, after the fact, after you've carried it and you pass it on, like you hold it up and you transfer the flame to a different torch, you get to keep the one that you carried. That's it. That's the thing. For how much? So Eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh boy. And by the way, this year you're also passing the coronavirus to the next person. That's who's right. Paid. Yeah. That's you have to you have to make out with them too while you pass the torch. <laughs> um, how much does that cost? <laughs> free. <laughs> uh, I got deal. a bit of bit of bad news. Uh, we have had to cancel FanQuest, unfortunately. Oh, I knew it. Uh, it. And it, to be fair, the the choice is actually not one that I was able to make. Um, the city, actually, the city of Winnipeg has suspended all events and festivals through to the end of June uh, as of right now. So we're still and we're still two months away from when FanQuest was going to be. But they they just made that choice. And it doesn't look like anything's really going to be happening until at least the end of June, if not longer. So. Uh, we're not going to reschedule at this point. I want to wait till all this is kind of passed to see what's going to happen. Um, but we might have to just kind of scrap 2020 altogether and go right to 2021 and, and do it in the spring as we had planned. So it kind of sucks. I was really looking forward to it. I was thinking we were going to have a good time. Uh, that's Yeah, that does suck. And I, I had a bad April Fool's joke that I was going to tweet yesterday, but I never did. And it was going to be, it's not true that Dan Badabonker created the coronavirus to get out of planning FanQuest and Creekon 50. <laughs> and, and the Chicago trip. I got out of everything. I got out of all my responsibilities. I got I out of it. You. It's, I not, it's not. I wanted to do these things. <laughs> I wanted to do these things. But I have, suddenly I have a lot more free time. Um, yeah, no kidding. You do. We, well, <laughs> we all sort of do. But I mean, I'm, I'm doing marketing at home. You said you were on doing WebEx classes. And I haven't done, I've just done, done a Twitter chat once a week. But I mean, part of what I'm trying to do is just, I know the students are stressed out. I mean, you and I are getting paid and they're not getting paid. Right. So I sort of feel just bad about the whole scenario, but we're sort of ending the year. They've played, paid tuition. You know, we're ending the year kind of with this whimper where everybody has to race home 
to, to finish off this. I mean, it could have been worse, I guess. I guess, but I, I think I we're actually managing so pretty well. I, mean, I think given the circumstances, we're still managing yeah. to convey to them. They're still doing their assignments. They're still handing them in. Um, it, it's not quite the same as it would be in person, but I still think we're achieving the goal of, of like finishing. They're not going to be delayed in their finishing of their program because that of this. Good. That's good. And so um, what scares me is that we're starting to talk about like the beginning of oh. next year being affected. I don't like that idea at all. I think it's just to, just in case, like, I really, really hope this is all done by the summertime because uh, I don't know how much longer I can take this. I know, and I don't, I don't want to spend the whole episode like complaining about coronavirus quarantine, but it's, it is like, it's affecting everything. I've never seen this happen before. Where it's ruined everything. everything. Well, we ruined everything. Not only that, but I'm teaching students about newscasts right now. So we're talking about how uh, news radio stations put together their newscasts, how they collect their stories, how they order the stories. Um, so for example, when you're ordering um, a newscast, you would maybe group all your crime stories together. If your lead story is about a homicide or murder or whatever, you might put a couple other crime stories after that to keep it all in the same subject matter. Right now, everything is about coronavirus. Everything. If you listen to the news, every single story in that newscast has to do with coronavirus, no matter what it is. Yeah. So it's difficult to teach that in this situation right now. Have you, and also, have you noticed how every newscast, I always say as a joke that, that you can tell when a story has run its course, when they get to the, art, the inevitable news report on how do you explain it to the kids? Oh, That's man. always the last step in every... I saw one every, of those. Oh, yeah, they're already at that. So now we've passed the last stage and now we've just, we're digging deeper and deeper for lame, lamer and lamer news and reported on, reported on from home in a, in a lot of these cases. And so you're kind of like, I mean, I'm glad I know what Chris Cuomo's basement looks like now. That's good. <laughs> it's very nice. Uh, but, but, but uh, where you sort of see like everything that's cliched about the news in a normal news cycle is kind of like times 10 now with the coronavirus. It's, 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 it's so bad. And you know what? Next week in my PR class, speaking of, it, it's, it's supposed to be issues management and crisis management. And you're like, well, we're living through it. You know, talk about beating a dead horse. I'm just, what am I going to get them to do next week? So it's, it's, it's sort of one of those things. It's, it, it really, and we're, we're teaching them communications. It really, it's, it's everything. It impacts absolutely everything we teach. What I like to see is the adaptation uh, aspect of it. So when we see media adapt to the situation, have everybody broadcasting from their homes. One of the things we're doing, we talk, you mentioned Creecon 50. So obviously we couldn't do that event. We're turning it into a website um, where all the same kind of content is going to be on the website. And one of the things I re reassigned one group that was like, they were tasked with doing the catering and the actual logistics of the event that we can't do anymore because we're not having it. So that team is actually in charge of putting together a live stream. Um, so on the 23rd, when we were going to have the event, we're having like a virtual event on, uh, um, I don't know what platform they're going to, they're looking into that right now. They're figuring out the platform and the logistics of that. And so we're going to be, well, zoom, yeah, probably zoom or something like that, or WebEx. Cause we have WebEx, all the students have WebEx, but, um, basically it's like, a, just basically talking about all the different aspects of the program and all the things that the students put together for content. And so that's their job. Um, and they're, they're like, well, you know, this is going to be like on a webcam. It's going to be for my house. I'm like, yeah, so is everything else. Like everybody's doing this. Everybody's got this. And, and it, it was interesting as we talked about the late shows last time we, we talked about this on media nerds, um, Jimmy Fallon, I have to say has done the best job of adapting. He's done the most consistent thing since the beginning. Colbert did a couple episodes, then he stopped. And I think he did. He, I think it's cause he wasn't sure where, where to go with it. Um, and I, again, I have not, I, I just don't 
watch Kimmel ever, so I'm not aware. But Jimmy Fallon, I see, and my mom keeps texting me Jimmy Fallon videos, so she's loving it. Uh, but she, um, she, he's he's kind of been the most consistent about doing a show, doing a monologue. He kind of owns the fact that he's at home and his kids are like groaning at his jokes and that kind of stuff. So he, I think, is so far he's done the best job of kind of making this a good situation for him. I'm I'm kind of uh, I spend too much time watching the news. There's the old Bill Hicks joke where he says, um, "Does it, he goes it starts to get depressing when you watch uh, 20 hours of CNN in a row?" <laughs> he's like, and he's like, "It's war, famine," and then you open your front door and it's crickets. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and so that's the zone that I'm in right now. I'm finding it hard to to watch late night entertainment, but I mean, I've streamed some shows and uh, and. I've certainly, I added, uh, based on you, I added a whole bunch of uh, movies on Disney Plus. Okay. Because uh, you were, you had been doing that. And I was like, oh, if they have Kurt Russell, the strongest man in the world, I'd watch that. And so I go there, there, sure enough. Yeah. Dar Darby O'Gill and the little people with, uh, <laughs> with, with James Bond. With That's right. That's I right. Like, oh, I forgot shit. about that one. So I added that. Then I was like, ah, what the hell? 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Sure. Why not? And then I watched that one on the day Kirk Douglas died. There yeah. you go. And, yeah. I, and then I was, uh, and then today I added, oh, and then I added the Shaggy DA, which I went to see when I was a kid. I was like, oh, yeah, let's see if this one holds up. Dean Jones as a district attorney, every kid's favorite, favorite occupation when they're watching a ch children's entertainment. We're going to call the movie Shaggy DA. Ridiculous. But it's a Shaggy Dog series, right? Right, right. But the Shaggy DA, like, like yeah. this is a kid's film. Hey, kids, you want to go see a movie about a district attorney <laughs> <laughs> who turns into a dog? It's so stupid. Um, and then and then uh, Treasure Island, I added. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get into this stuff. Maybe this is like comfort food. But I have not. Uh, I To me, the late night shows, I'm just like, I don't. At that point, I'm just so OD'd on everything, on all the news. And, and it's depressing. Yeah, a lot of it's so depressing. It's interesting because Colbert came back after about a week off and then he decided to do it more formatted to the show. So there, and these are airing on network TV, by the way, I didn't know that until after the fact, because I see them on YouTube, but they are posting these on, um, on the actual, like the posting, they're broadcasting these on the actual network. And uh, so his is more geared towards a segment. So he does the opening monologue. He's sitting like in his study with a bookcase behind him. He's wearing a suit. It's more like he used to be, when he was on the show and then when he has his guests on it's similar to what fallon is doing where it's like this it's like a, it's like a skype conversation or zoom or whatever and zoom is getting a lot of like that company the stock's going up on zoom i tell you that company is doing very well um and uh and it's like a sponsored by zoom or whatever and um and he had john oliver on uh one of his first shows this week john oliver did a show this week another one but this time from his house so he's doing shows from his house, but he just does a plain background. He doesn't do anything else other than that. I thought that I, I did watch that one and thought it was pretty good. Yeah, he's again, and he yeah. says the cool thing about it is that he has, says he has no problem playing to silence. His yeah. he's like I've faced British stand-up audiences. I can do, face anything, and that's really funny when he says because it's like he did, he did actually change the format of his show in a way. It's not, not like he's pausing for laughs. He just it's like he's delivering a monologue. Yeah, yeah, but he, but he was like one thing we have, we've talked about in the past where he's always been like he doesn't wait enough for the laughter anyway. Like sometimes he just presses on really quickly, and he that just kind of fits in his style. So he does that now that he has no laughs. The bit about the rat erotica was hilarious. 
Yeah. Um, that was so funny. And that's something he's doing now. He's looking for this piece of art that's basically these two rats having sex. Two, two uh, um, anthropomorphic rats having sex. And it's like such a weird thing. Um, but anyway, that's just something they came up. That's, that's what that show does. They came up with these weird things and they, they kind of promote that. So um, I, as far as the Disney stuff goes, what, I've, what occurred to me as you're talking about all that is I think back to all these Disney franchises that they created in the 70s, the 60s and 70s, like the, the Love Bug, um, Herbie, the Shaggy Dog, um, the, the, the Apple Dumpling Gang. Like they had all these kind of series of films and there were quite a few of them. There was a lot of Herbie movies. And there was a lot of shady yeah. movies too. So those things, like they they kept those going for a long time. And I must, they, I imagine they must have done pretty well at the box office for them to keep that going. Hey, and they they are pretty cheesy. Like when you look back at them, they oh, don't yeah. necessarily hold up. Yeah, I mean, I, I I remember as a kid loving the strongest man in the world and just being like, that is the world. Like Kurt Russell's the world's greatest actor, and that's the world's best movie. That's why that was like one of my when I sort of became aware of films kind of thing when that one came out. But uh, yeah, there there is a, a a cheese ball factor to kids entertainment back in the day that that I don't know. You don't see it like the kids entertainment now is sort of more meta. Well, or like the, all those Pixar movies are making fun of the kinds of movies they are. Speaking of which, the newest Pixar movie, Onward, is hitting Disney Plus uh, this month. Um, it was just in theaters. It just came out in theaters, like, at the very beginning of this. So it had maybe a week in theaters, and that was it. And they're, they're sending it right to Disney Plus. I think it's an interesting uh, uh, story. So far, The Rise of Skywalker is not on Disney Plus. It is available on demand. Uh, you can rent it or stream it or buy it or whatever, but you can't. Um, it's not Disney Plus. I think they're going to have to change that. I think you'll see. I think you're, yeah. you called that last last episode. I'll see it. Yeah. So I mean, why wouldn't they? If Frozen Two goes there almost immediately, what the hell? You might as well. Yeah, and then the way these are going, and they continue to release films that uh, would have been in theaters on demand, and the stuff that was like, like the Invisible Man and stuff we talked about last episode, that stuff is still there. So you can watch it at any time. And I really want to see, I really hope they come out after all this is said and done, they tell us how these things did and how this is going to change the film industry because I think it absolutely will. Yeah. No, I think it will. There's an article in today's uh, Globe and Mail that's about uh, drive-in movies and oh. how, uh, strangely enough, the remaining drive-in movie theaters are the ones that are going to do well because it's the original social distancing way to yeah, watch yeah, a you're film. In your, you're in your car. You stay in your car. You huh. don't talk to anybody. You don't touch anybody. And they said, that is a great idea. And they actually said in the article, they tried to contact one of them for comment and they wouldn't comment because they were afraid it was going to make it too popular. They're afraid of too many people showing up. Oh. So where, whoever, whomever it was they contacted, I don't know. But, yeah, we don't have any of those yeah. in the city anymore. There's like some was, in yeah. uh, rural Manitoba, but not anything in, in Winnipeg. I miss, I do miss that. We talked about that. Also. I think we talked about that in the past episode yeah. about the uh, drive-in. Um, when, when you drive to Saskatchewan, there's still one at the side of the road. Yeah. I, think, I can't remember where that is, if it's in Manitoba or Saskatchewan. Because it all looks the same in that, dri that drive. Yeah, you, you, don't know when you, you really don't know when you cross. There's a sign there, apparently, but I always miss it. Um, okay, so let's talk <laughs> about now. The, sorry, I was going to say it's next to the rural crime watch area. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's favorite roadside sign. So let's talk about what we've been watching. Um, now, unfortunately, I have not been watching Better Call Saul. I know that we want to talk about it. I know that you love the show. Um, I, I just have not been on it and I've, I've fallen off a number of different TV shows. 
um because of that um because i'm also doing my movie challenge which i've fallen a bit behind on but i'm still pressing through i've amended the rules on that to um to allow myself to watch a movie that i have seen before if i can't find anything else like i was stuck in 1981 and i couldn't find a good movie that i hadn't seen in 1981 so after a couple of days that i'm like screw it i'm gonna watch raiders of the lost ark because it's a great movie it's 1981 oh, yeah. i'm gonna watch it last night i watched uh first blood um yeah. which is the first round which i never seen so I, i'm just gonna still, i'm still gonna try and do that yeah I no I know. That movie. Well, so so the weird thing is that i'd seen rambo two and three but i'd never seen the first one i don't know why first one best one it. it is the best one and it's, it's like bc how, how how did that franchise go from like that to like the just ultra kill fest that it became yeah. i have no idea like it it so the, I mean, I see the central theme being John Rambo is a killing machine, although he doesn't kill anybody in that movie. I don't think he does. He just uh, maims people and... The guy, the one guy who dies, dies for a different reason. He falls out of a helicopter. He doesn't die because of John Rambo. So he doesn't kill anybody in that first one. Holy, he shoots a lot. He shoots a lot of guns and he yeah. just trashes the town. Um, but um, but then in the second and third movies, it goes into like I remember specifically that third movie being just him just killing so many Russians. It was just him against the Russians, and he was just massacring all these Russians. So it just seems weird that that franchise went in that direction. I don't know, but it was good. It was a great movie. I love it. Yeah, no, it is. I love. I saw it when it first came out. I think I saw it something like five times in the theater, something like that. Really? Just, oh yeah, I loved that movie when it came oh. out. Yeah, that was a good it really one. It does give you a Canadian vibe. Like you can tell that that was yeah. in Canada and that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Yeah, you be, hey, you better you better not cross over that bridge again, Rambo. And then he turns no. back around. He's like, I think I will. <laughs> I but that final, that yeah, yeah. the final scene where he's like just breaking down about all the horrible things he'd been through in Vietnam. That was really really moving. Yeah, it was and actually good. It was, it was yeah. intense. Like the whole thing was good. So anyway, so that's 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 the whole goal of this challenge is to fill in like fill in those gaps for me that uh, movies I haven't seen. But if, again, if there's a film, like I'm not going to watch, I think it was Body Heat or something stupid like that. There's some 1981 movie. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to watch good this. One. That's Body Heat's good. Yeah, yeah, William uh, Hurt. Okay, well, I didn't watch William it. Anyway. And Kathleen Turner, I think. It's it's a classic. Okay. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's like a, a thriller It's a, a t uh, with twists. Maybe I'll Lots still watch twists. it then. No, you should. You should watch it. It's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the one show I have watched and and it's over now. Season one is over. Is Picard, uh, Star Trek Picard, which uh, wrapped up this past week. And um, so you you mentioned uh, a few weeks ago that you thought the one episode was ridiculous. There was one episode in which they dressed up in dressed up in disguises and tried to fake their way through a. It was a weird episode. Um, it was just stupid. It was <laughs> it was one of the dumbest hours of TV I've ever seen. Just but, but overall, what did you think of the series or the season? I would say it had its moments. There is some unforgivable stuff in there, which I would consider to be unforgivably bad stuff. Other than that one episode? Yes. I, 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 I think there's an episode that was so beyond boring. I just wanted to, I just, I, I just, I was like, I started questioning whether I even wanted to see the finale. And I think I, I, maybe I, third last. I think so. Yeah, I, I think I felt the same way. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, when they when they first get to that planet, yeah, of the uh, the um, androids or whatever. Yeah, I think that's the one. That was so yeah. bad. Like, uh, um, and oh, yeah. Sorry. So obviously we're gonna talk spoilers here, but um, but yeah, I think it started off really strong, and the my favorite part of the whole thing is getting to see like the quote unquote modern era of Star Trek. So 
this yeah. is like the the furthest into the future we've ever been hmm. at this point it's, it's like 30 years after next generation um discovery doesn't do that because discovery still takes place before the original series which is again i still can't wrap my head around that but whatever um but um and i still haven't finished discovery either i still haven't finished watching the second season of discovery so the Picard stood up strong. I really liked the early characters. I liked, I really liked those two Romulans that were working in his, his home, um, his, his, oh, yeah. his winery, his two, like two servants. I really wish those two had come with him. Like, yeah. why, why could they were really good characters and really strong. And I really liked it. I thought, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I thought they were setting it up for that. Me too. And then they don't go. And I'm like, okay, why can't these two come with him? I don't understand that. Um, and then yeah, so he get then he gets like three or four episodes in, he gets his real crew, which is the dude with the beard um, and Raffi, not the not baby beluga Raffi, but a different Raffi. Did you think of that when you uh, when they said Raffi? Am I the only one who thought of baby beluga? No, I didn't think of that. Maybe you know Raffi, the singer, the children's yeah. singer. Yeah, I mean you don't remember Raffi anyway. No, I remember Raffi. <laughs> I just kept thinking, oh, you can't be a Canadian and not is Rafi Canadian? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I uh, we get to see his real crew, and then um, you know uh, Allison Pill, who who's the actress who's been to so many other things. She was from you might remember her from the newsroom and other. Uh, hey, and she was just as good in this, <laughs> which is to say, terrible. She was not good. No. No, and I, and actually, let's call that out for what it is. Patrick Stewart is the best actor in that show. And virtually to a person, everybody else was awful. I, I think the acting was among some of the worst TV acting. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen, since I've stuck with a show that has acting that bad. Yeah, no, you've got a good point. And uh, the, of, the, of the, all the p other people, even all the other cameos, the only one I really liked was Riker. Like that yeah. was, you know, Riker was good. He, he felt like Riker. That was one that came naturally. And, and Troy as well. Like that whole episode where they were at their house, I really liked that episode. I liked Riker cooking yeah. pizza in a wood-burning oven, that whole thing. Yet it stood out as being not like any other episode, almost as though they said, eh, why don't you go back and shoot an episode where you can meet your old friend? That's to me what that was. Like, it was like, uh, it almost seemed to be inserted after the fact. Yeah, it was so much and so different. I don't different know if it was. Else. No, I don't either. But it, it was certainly very different in feel than anything else. Not as much technology, very basic kind of existence but i did enjoy that i enjoyed um their daughter the storyline of them losing their son um the daughter um kind of bonds with the um android lady i don't remember her name soji or whatever her name is um i had some weird some okay so my whole thing when they get finally get to this planet of androids yeah i was so confused as to where these people came from um because i think what's supposed to be is that all those androids are built by the humans that were there right like like right. spiner and like like nunian singh and then the other side is that what happened uh hey they don't really explain it do they uh, oh. uh I, like was everybody there an android well it seems to be a little is it you know they say it's a planet, but it was really a town it was like a little community yeah. on that planet um i think i think all those people were built by those humans I think that's what they did. They they went when they you know the the androids and they and again they lost all of this all the whole plot to like 
the Mars massacre when all the androids went crazy and yeah. killed everybody on Mars. That all got swept to the side. All the stuff that started really compelling at the beginning of the of the, of the series just kind of was a side note at the end because, oh, it turns out there's this crazy tentacle. What was that thing at the end where they opened the... It was like something out of um, Hellboy. Uh, remember in Hellboy when they're like opening up the yeah. portal and there's a tentacle Cthulhu-like beast? That was what that was, except it was a, it was a mechanical tentacle. I don't remember that. The flower? No, no. no uh, as they're, okay, remember they, they, um, they, they set off the beacon that shoots up into the air and they, it opens up, it's, it was opening a portal is what it was doing. Yeah. And then the portal opens and then these, these like metal tentacles come out of the portal. You don't remember that? Portal? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what that, that, that was like that race of, uh, synthetic people that was going to come kill all the real people. That was the thing. But all that like just got thrown in there at the end, and yeah. I did not feel compelled about any of it. I'm like, what is going on? It feels like a cross between the Avengers and yeah. Hellboy, as far as let's just shoot a thing into the sky and, and have horrible monsters come out of it, right? When yeah. really it was the threat was really should have been the Romulans the whole time. Like that was the, that whole thing, and then to have them fake them out with some holograms except felt a little bit yeah. underwhelming as well. Yeah, they just fake it out. <laughs> they they just they just like you'd think that they would have figured out that trick by now, but they didn't. They didn't figure out that trick, so the trick works. Um, there's, a, I thought what was going to happen is they were going to recast Picard in some other in an android's body, and it would not be Picard. It would be somebody else, um, and then that person would play the role of Picard in in season two. Yeah, and Patrick Stewart can retire. Right, and he can say he did it, so leave him alone. <laughs> he did, but no, they put him in an android's body that looks just like what he looked like as a human. Not even a little bit younger, no. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not even one iota younger. They didn't fix anything except the brain tumor, and then, and then they say to him, "Don't worry, you will live out age appropriately. You will die." At an appropriate age, so they went to all that trouble, and and how old is Picard? Well, apparently, he's ninety four. Did you hear that? They said he's ninety four years old. Yeah, like when did he That's become? Not, he's not. He's not ninety four in real life. He's like eighty two or something like that. But like, when did Picard become ninety four? And why did they decide? I, I imagine that in the future, people live longer. Like I would imagine, you know, the average lifespan is probably maybe one hundred ten or one hundred twenty. I don't know, uh, uh, but. That's kind of that's what's implied with that, yeah. but yeah, I was think I thought that's what they're going to do as well. I did not think that I thought that was really going to be the end for Picard. It's kind of like a um, another fake out, right? Like a lot another yeah. like, oh, this character's dead, and now nope, they're not dead. And I would have been okay with him dying, and that would have been it. Like that would have been fine for me. And having another actor play him, you're right, that would have been a great solution to that. Well, the whole the whole series was leading up to something where the ending was it's all the same. Nothing. Pretty nothing's much. any different. And, and yeah. off to new adventures. So now he's got his crew. He's got his ship. Very much like the old still school Star Trek. Off to new adventures. He's not going to go home to his winery now because he's had the taste of a of space adventure and he wants to continue on doing that. Yeah, I like. I don't buy that at all. But I liked him go, going execute. That's what he says, right? Execute. Engage. He says engage. engage. No, engage. Sorry, not execute. Engage. If he would have said execute, Excuse then maybe they would have killed those bad actors. <laughs> Engage. And so off they go. And I was like, oh, I like that. I like that one second of another 14-hour of another episode of Star Trek or whatever yeah. it was. I, I like that. I like seeing Riker come back, uh, leaning in his, uh, he was leaning in his chair the way he does. 
You look good. He had a good, nice, nice white beard going on. And and uh, Jonathan Frakes, I know Jonathan Frakes also directed some of the episodes as well. Um, I was hoping to see more cameos for some reason. We got, we got seven of nine for some reason who was not on Star Trek Next Generation. Um, Let me just also, since you mentioned her, boy, did they screw that character up. Yeah. How, how is that the same character as the one we saw in Next Generation? Oh, Voyager. She was in Voyager. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. How 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 possibly can that be the same character? Well, I guess like she's become more badass is the question. I, answer I don't know what the answer to that is. Totally they've awesome. tried to they're trying to make her more badass than she was. Um, they gave her normal clothes this time. She doesn't get to walk around in a skin tight uh, uniform like she did in Voyager. Um, but uh, she's just suddenly, supposed to be this... suddenly gay. Yeah, that's true. Suddenly that was gay. Same. Suddenly gay. That's a good way of putting it. When I saw that she was suddenly gay, I was like, well, she's also suddenly a roguish. You know, she's suddenly <laughs> lots of different things because you needed somebody to play that part. And, yeah. and, and that was maybe a different role before. And then they were like, what actor do we plug? It could have been Jordy. It could have been, it could have been anybody for the Jordy. Well, I was hoping again. I was hoping to see Levar Burton and somebody. We saw Brent Spiner, but not as Data. Although he wasn't Data in a flashback or a dream or whatever. But we saw Brent Spiner playing a different role, which was okay, I guess. But you really want to see him as Data. Um, and who else? We didn't see no Wharf, no. Um, who else do we have? Oh, no Crusher, Beverly Crusher. Although I hear yeah. the rumor is that that's going to be the focus of season two is looking for looking for Crusher. Um, or something like that searching for crusher uh so we'll see how that that plays out but yeah overall i had mixed feelings about it it started out strong yeah. did not finish strong like i just did not think that um it was a great great season overall will i continue to watch it sure it's star trek i enjoy star trek um doesn't look like we're getting any movies anytime soon so this is kind of the uh the direction star trek is going uh, and they've been successful so far. I will. I should actually watch the rest of uh, Discovery. Um, that first, the end of the first season of Discovery just disappointed me so much that I didn't bother with the second season. So I think I might have watched one or two episodes of season two. And that was it. So yeah, I don't know. It was just it, the ending got too con convoluted when they got to that planet of of uh, robots or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, the the difference in like the design. Some of them have gold skin. Some of them don't have gold skin. Um, like if they can make them look as human as that one girl looked, why not make them all look like that, right? Yeah. Why do the rest of them have to have gold skin like like uh, Data does? And how are they able to keep? How are they able to make that girl so realistic that she doesn't even know that she's a robot, right? That's Westworld. It is. You're right. Yeah, it is Westworld. Westworld. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking throughout the whole. It's not. It's a not as good Westworld. Right. That's very true. Exactly. And and all we should also mention the the absolute like we know that they gave Patrick Stewart a billion dollars to come back, but what they didn't give a billion dollars were the special effects, which were I thought they were oh we hey we're used to the Mandalorian now. Well, I'm wondering if um, I what I wondered about that is like when you see um, the the new gimmick if you want to call it that in the show was the holographic interface of like I'm going to put my hand here and. 
right i'm gonna make sure pretend that i'm putting this for so that's all actions by the actor that's like there's nothing there when they're doing that and then they, they they add that in post so afterwards they have the the, the hologram that kind of follows the head, heads up display that follows your head and the virtual lever and stuff is that done from a budgetary consideration is it cheaper to create those things in post than it is to create them in real life and have them be props on the set probably <laughs> it's just, I, I, yeah i kept thinking of of, of Patrick Stewart sitting there going, oh, like, like pretending he could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was touching stuff. So it's like, boy, those mime school lessons really paid off. But again, it's, it's also a, a takeoff of, of the Avengers and Iron Man and all that stuff, because they did that first. They did all that stuff, yeah. the virtual stuff, and they did it much better, I think, than, than this show did. So, yeah. yeah, overall, I mean, I think fans were happy. They were happy to see Jean-Luc back in the uh in the role of how to see happy to see patrick stewart back but i was not overall very happy with the the series oh. you know there's one more thing to point out about what i think they did one of the things they did and it's almost reminiscent of what they did with luke skywalker in star wars and that is um picard should be the hero of the universe should be the hero of the star trek universe him and kirk right mm -hmm. it should be like revered by all for saving the solar system, saving countless, I don't know how many people, billions of people over the course of two TV series. Those should be everybody's all-stars. And throughout the entire season of Picard, we just have people dissing him. Yeah. And being sort of being, it. yeah, you're a has-been, you're a, nobody wants to hear your stupid theory. Uh, to be fair, some of that seems to be tied into his efforts to save the Romulans. Right. Um, which nobody nobody likes the Romulans. They all want the Romulans to die. And so Picard feels that he's very strongly that he should try and save them because their planet was destroyed. So that, I think that's part of the reason why they treat him that way. But they're right. There certainly is no respect or no, no. I like the joke about the Picard maneuver. That was kind of funny. Um, they had the one joke about the Picard maneuver. Um, but um, yeah, I don't think um, they really treated him with the respect that he deserved as far as like that interview at the very beginning, that first episode or was the first episode where he's being interviewed on the galactic news channel <laughs> yeah you know what i mean that was all like very very uh it, was, it felt like fox news or something like that is what it felt like yeah. virtual uh future fox fox news well they send a gotcha entertainment journalist to go interview Ricard. And they're doing it live. They're doing it live. That's not going to happen. Oh, we're going to air There's it no live. Way. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing was absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. but I thought going in, he should have a certain level of respect that comes with saving everybody's ass ten thousand times. Yeah, you know, and and uh, you know, he shows up at Starfleet, and they're like, "You're a has been. Get out of here, you old bum. Who have? What planet have you saved for us lately? Get the hell out!" Right. And I was like, this is, come on, that's not, and it's, it's like when people saw that Luke was all grumpy in The Last Jedi, and they didn't like it, and they were like, come on, this guy's the hero of the universe, and he's not getting any respect here, kind of thing, and it's sort of, uh, I think with Picard, you could make, you could draw a parallel there, I yeah. think, because I, I, it just bugged me that he couldn't, you, you're telling me he didn't buy any favors <laughs> over the course well, he, he, oh, no, even the one person, even Rafi, the one person that he did call the favor in from, yeah. um, basically, she didn't want to talk to him. She didn't want, she hated him. Um, she didn't want to talk to him, and it took a lot of convincing. I thought it was interesting that they portray her as being basically an alcoholic um, in this in this universe, which is like, we've never seen really drugs or alcohol, in a, <laughs> and she's a pothead, too, apparently. Um, and sometimes, she is, sometimes she's a mother hen. 
dispensing pearl drops of wisdom. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, she's whatever the script needs her to be. Yeah, exactly. Whatever the episode needs her to be, and and that was not great for that character. And I agree. I agree that it was not very good acting for her either. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of all over the place in a lot of ways. So, um, but uh, speaking of April Fool's jokes, one of the ones I saw yesterday was a joke that said that Disney had purchased Star Trek and they were playing a Star Trek Star Wars crossover. Uh, and I don't know where I saw it. I couldn't find it again. So it may have been deleted, but I definitely saw this online yesterday. So that kind of uh, begs the question, how does this compare to The Mandalorian, which is the most uh, recent Star Wars uh, series? Um, and um, is Star Wars doing this? Is Star Wars doing TV better than Star Trek? Where oh, yeah, it's, totally. It's, so, but Star Trek, was, mile. Star Trek was born on TV. Star Trek is yeah. first and foremost a TV franchise. They do not have the budget. It's that simple. And I think uh, they don't have the budget. I'd also say, I mean, you could arguably say that the Star Wars scripts needed more time for the movie, for the movies. And I think the Picard scripts needed more time. It it just seemed as though there was stuff that became something else as they went along. It did really feel, it did feel to me that they really, that series came out really quickly. Like I remember them announcing it and it seemed like within, within a year, it was certainly within the the 12 months that, um, that was already produced and on the air. So I feel like they did rush that through, um, were they worried that, that Patrick Stewart would not last? I don't know. He seems pretty healthy. They wouldn't have put him in season two or implied (laughs) anyway, that that's what we're going to see in season two. And he's, he's somebody, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I just hope I just want the other actors to get some acting lessons before season two. Yeah, for they can, sure. They, they can that. act. They can act with with uh, a guy who's a sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been pretty active. Like he has yeah. been. Uh, you know, he's a guy who has not been typecast, despite having two roles yeah. that would do that. He was he's Captain Picard. He's also Professor X in the X Men movies. And he did both of those very well. And then um, kind of, he's also been active. What was that show he had? Oh, there's some TV show he had recently on like FX or something. And it was like this one where he was this kind of a drunk. Um, I'm going to look it up. I can't remember what it was called. Have you, you, know, you don't know what I'm talking about? That sounds vaguely familiar. But I don't, I can't name it. Uh, but he's also very active on... Um, on social media and of course there's all that stuff about him and uh him and um the other guy the the magneto guy <laughs> ian mckellen sir yeah. ian mckellen who also had two roles who was magneto and he was uh gandalf so yeah. there's that oh yeah and he was also in logan uh patrick stewart was also in logan of course that was a great movie yeah um oh he was in i didn't know this he was in the new charlie's angels there's oh. a choice <laughs> Who was he, Charlie? He's Bosley. Oh God, <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Okay, that's- I can imagine them using his voice for Charlie. That'd be good. But um, and he also because he actually has a really good relationship with Seth MacFarlane. He's done voices for American Dad and Family Guy regularly uh, over the years. Um, oh, he was in he was in the uh, Emoji Voice or Emoji Movie. Um. Oh, Blunt Talk. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, it was only on for one season. Blunt Talk. It, it was a series on... Um, doesn't say what, it's, what the... Uh, oh, Stars. Sorry. So it was on Stars, and he's a British newscaster who moves to Los Angeles with his alcoholic manservant and the baggage of several failed marriages to host a sanctimonious talk show. 
So it was, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what that is. Uh, and I heard it was very funny. Alcoholic manservant. I don't know who his alcoholic manservant was. <laughs> anyway. Every, every show he appears in, there's an alcoholic of some kind. Well, yeah. And so, um, so he's kept pretty active over the years is the point of all that, of course. And uh, which is good. Of course, you keep active. You, you keep your skills up as an actor. And then, yeah, all these other people are not as good. As They're terrible. Pale, pale by comparison, unfortunately. My favorite, as in my least favorite, was the Han Solo wannabe on the bridge. Who had all the, who had all the, all the holograms. Yes. Now, was that to save money for casting or what was the point of that? that was they promised the actor he could do, he could do a Scottish accent. <laughs> he could do all these different accents. Yes, it has to be. Well, whatever. So like, let's, you can yeah. show your range as an actor. Um, oh, I just I wanted. Yeah, that. that was that was a bad decision. I didn't understand that. I thought they were going to do more with that, right? Like, yeah, let's get so to know confusing. these characters. It was very. It, it was a goofy moment where she had them all lined up together, and yeah. she had to kind of uh, get them all to figure out this one thing that he wouldn't tell her. It was just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it so. was ridiculous. I didn't even care at that point what this. I didn't even remember what it was. I forgot about the accents. That was funny. Yeah, oh, he's so Scottish. Bad. Uh, what else did he do? Oh. I don't remember. There's a bunch of different accents. It was so weird. Yeah, it's like basically his portfolio as an actor. <laughs> show, and it's it's so bad. And then when they dressed all dressed up in those costumes yeah. just to add to it for no reason. I mean, basically, it was just like it sounds. It seems like it, it'd be fun to do it, but there was like no reason for it in the plot. They beamed. Out, he's got a stupid eye patch on, and one minute in. Like, here's oh, one thing. <laughs> getting back to the Mandalorian for a second, the one thing the Mandalorian did much, much better than this show did is that it had a very good um, episode of the week kind of thing, like an adventure of the week. That was something the Mandalorian did very, very well, and um, and it was kind of a, a throwback to old school TV because that used to be the case. That's certainly what Star Trek was when Star Trek was on the air as a TV show. It was a monster of the week, alien of the week, whatever situation. Every week they would have a different one, and you could kind of drop in at any time and watch it. That was the goal of all that stuff. But they, this show did not do that at all. You could not watch an episode of this as a, as a standalone and know what the hell was going on. You'd have to watch the whole thing for sure. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, although I, when it was all over, I thought if you were a good editor, you could go through those episodes and probably cut it down, cut down the entire plot down to probably three episodes. You could probably, actually, you could probably make a decent movie out of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you exactly. think of it in terms of a movie, you could absolutely very good do point. Yeah. yeah, very good point. That would have been a good movie because even the stuff that happened episode to episode didn't really matter in the end. Like we had the Allison Pill kills a guy. Yeah, who cares about that? That didn't matter. It amounted to nothing. It made it look like she was going to be the lost in space, uh, Parker Posey. Yeah, that's right. Undermining everybody and nobody knows. And creeping yeah. around, and the, it was like nothing. Have you seen yeah. second season of Lost in Space? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's in my watch list. But no, it's good. Is it good? Uh, better son, than yeah. season one? I think it is. Yeah, my son loves it. Oh, my son cool. Luke loves it. It's his favorite show. No, I, I I plan on seeing it. If there's anything stopping me, it's Parker Posey. <laughs> <laughs> Not her. It's the okay. character. It's the character. Yes. I hate yes. that character. I know. I hate, I hate I know. the little weasel who they keep around <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, and they do, do they that. Murder? Hey, spoil it for me. Do they murder her in season two? Uh, well, watch it. <laughs> well, okay, I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't think she dies. I, I'll tell you, I don't think they make it look Things like she brief. dies. It's a, it's a, it's a cliffhanger at the end. Yeah. They make it look like she dies, but I think that she's going to come back. 
I, I just, you know, um, that's I can't see them like just writing her out like that. No. They certainly make it look like, oh, she was in a, and I, you know, who knows how they're going to get out of this situation. But half that show is like every episode is like they're in a horrible, like they are in danger, literally danger Will Robinson every episode. And it's them getting out of danger. That's pretty much the entire <laughs> show. But I like it. Um, okay, let's do some recommendations. I don't know. We already talked about lots of TV shows. Do you have anything else? What kind of video games have you been playing this? this uh, sure, week? I do. Well, I told you last week I'm still playing Wolfenstein. Yeah. Uh, the new Colossus, and I love it. Um, I'm just going to quickly go in my list here to see uh, what I've been watching here. Oh, there's so much good stuff. Oh, okay, here, this is what, this is what I'm going to say. On Netflix, um, I watched the three-part documentary uh, called Inside Bill's Brain on Bill Gates. Oh, okay. And it's a three-parter, and it's one of those that I had in my list for a year or something. I think it's been around for about a year, maybe a little less than that. And uh, just one day, I was like, ah, what the hell? I'll watch the first part. And it's actually a great documentary about Bill Gates and about elements of him that you just have never heard of and of all the good deeds that he now does and how he kind of went from um, pompous tech guy to sort of caring family man. And it's in the three-parter chronicles those things. And they even have Bill Gates' uh, wife, Melinda, uh, killing herself laughing at the title of the show, Inside Bill's Brain, where she was like, <laughs> the idea that anybody wants to spend any time there is hilarious. And she's, the more she thinks about it, the harder she laughs. So it's, 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 it's funny, it's interesting, and it's sort of like, he, it's a, just a really good documentary about an interesting guy. So I didn't think I'd be that interested, but that's what a good documentary does. I'll admit I've been avoiding Netflix because I don't want to see the Tiger King. <laughs> I just I know I, I'm so tired of it. I I don't want to see anything. And, and as soon as I load up Netflix, that's the first thing that pops up. As social media dominant. I know, and I I have no desire to watch that show. I just don't want to see it. I don't even want to know anything about it, and I can't I can't escape it. So I I've literally not turned on Netflix all week because of that. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that I've been playing a number of smaller indie games on. Uh, my xbox i have um i think i told you i've got the xbox game pass um so that's a that's a fee of i think it's 7.99 a month it's similar to like a netflix for video games and so with that fee i get to download more than 100 games to choose from one of them is the wolfenstein game that you've been talking about and i have that downloaded i haven't yet um as well as the original doom um all these games that you can pick up for super cheap like at at the game store is available there to download for free quote unquote free um but the couple that i've been playing that i really enjoyed are hollow knight hollow knight hollow knight is an excellent platformer it's got really interesting controls and a great story and the, the visuals are amazing it looks like this lovecraftian tim burton-esque kind of a world um where you're basically a bug and uh all these bugs are like infected with this thing that you have to kind of fight off and it's I, one of the things I love about it is that the boss battles are pattern based, which is something that really goes back to the original like video games that we played as kids when you came up against the boss and they they follow a specific pattern. Now it's complicated, and the bosses get more complicated the further along you get, but it's still a lot of fun and just so compelling. And the sound and the music is amazing. So Hollow Knight is one, and the other one is called My Friend Pedro, which is uh, the weirdest game. It's it's a uh, it's a fun kind of um 
shoot it's like a shooter it's like a side scroller platform shooter kind of thing you're this guy you see that from the side and you're jumping up and down platforms you're doing lots of like parkour kind of moves and you're killing all these bad guys basically it's like an organized crime kind of thing but the, the gimmick is that you have a banana that talks to you uh, so there's this banana named Pedro that just appears and talks to you and gives you special skills. And I don't know how it ends yet. Um, I'm just still kind of, uh, still kind of playing through it, but I don't know why this, this banana appears to me and I don't know why I'm killing all these people, but that's, it's a lot of fun. So those are the two games I would recommend if, if anybody's on the Xbox game pass, or even if you see these like for sale, um, anywhere, Hollow Knight and my friend Pedro are two very, very good, very kind of quick, easy to pick up games you don't have to worry about like getting too deep into them you just pick them up That's whenever great i had a question for you yeah while we're talking about gaming i went to a list and those are good recommendations i went to a list of the that purported to have the world's best video games that you must play and uh one of the ones that i saw come up a few times is from 2017 and it's a game called what remains of edith finch do you know that I've heard of it. I've never played it. It says it's a collection of short stories about a cursed family in Washington state. It's got a 92 meta meta score. I was like, I never, I don't know. What the hell is it? I've never heard of it. Oh, I don't know. I have heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Somebody, um, Edith Finch, it does sound familiar, but I'm not, I don't know anything about that. Maybe one of our listeners could tell us. Yeah. And that's a good list to go through. We should go through that list and see how many of those games we played. Maybe in another episode oh, of, uh, well, I know which ones I played because well, there's a there's a few of those kinds of lists. Like it, you can, you can go like best single player games, or you could go best adventure game. Like like there's a million of those, but I can't remember which ones I looked at. I think that might have just been best video games of all time. Mm -hmm. I think I think I don't think this was like top ten, but but you sort of get the interesting stuff lower down. Let's see if I had the number. Oh no, this was number nine. Okay, so it's very highly thought and and. Uh, as well as one of my my most favorite video games of all time was Inside, um, which was um, an awesome, awesome game for the Xbox. Um, so, so look, so the ones that I knew that I have played are in fact great games. So that's why I was like, oh, what are these ones? So I made a big list. So in theory, we're gonna have a lot of time on our hands, Dan. <laughs> so, we'll get to playing them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So in theory, it'd be nice to to uh, maybe make those lists and maybe hey maybe we can talk about that on media nerds go through the go through a list sure. sounds good all right that's going to do it for this episode of the media nerds podcast i'm dan vadabonker i'm kenton larson don't let the door hit you on the ass <laughs>